0: I recently read an article on the American Diabetes Association website in regards to self-monitoring blood glucose for people with type 2 diabetes who don't use insulin. Uh, It was an interesting article. Uh, Went on to say that they didn't think it was worth it. They didn't see the value in it. They thought it was a bother and an expense to people to have to do that. Uh, so, wanted to explore that, try to understand their thinking, and look at some other ideas regarding the importance of knowing what our blood glucose is. Uh, before we do that though, my name is John Lorscheider, I'm both a patient of PREDMed and a follower of Dr. Brewer's YouTube channel, and uh, the article in question was not too long ago. It was on the American Diabetes Association and it talked about the self-monitoring of blood glucose in non-insulin type, type 2 diabetics. And that's about 90% of the people with diabetes are type 2 and the majority of those do not use insulin. Uh, the people who do use insulin who are type 2 diabetics are pretty far down the road with diabetes, Uh, not only are they insulin resistant and their body doesn't utilize the insulin in their system, their pancreas also doesn't produce enough insulin. Their beta cells are pretty tired, Um, they kind of give it up, producing the insulin required. So these people use insulin very similar to those who are type 1 diabetics. There was a couple interesting points in their article, won't read the whole thing, but it does talk about it's been considered a key component of blood glucose management for quite some time. Uh, They went on to say, however, that over the course of time that self-monitoring may not result in better glycemic control of type 2 diabetics. Um, they went on to say that it was an expense and an inconvenience, and therefore they didn't see a whole lot of value in these people doing it. Uh, they said it goes on and the money utilized for self-monitoring of glucose could be better used in improving health for effective strategies for these people. So I had a little problem with that. I thought if you have type 2 diabetes you need to know how to eat you have to reteach yourself what you're putting in your mouth whether it be food or liquid uh, you have to know how your particular body reacts to those foods so that you can make better food choices And there's an overwhelming how shall I say an overwhelming wave of insulin resistance in diabetes in the United States right now. Uh, Many people's doctors don't even understand this. My doctor doesn't understand it. Uh, But there's plenty of epidemiological studies out there that show that uh, large population groups of people in the United States have either insulin resistance or diabetes. Uh, the state of California, we already know from a few videos on Dr. Brewer's YouTube channel, that over half of the Californians have either pre-diabetes or diabetes. Uh, they didn't take these people out and line them up and test them. Uh, they just went over existing health care records. Um, and what they found were, this happens to be the age stratification of these patients, that Right here, one-third of people, 18 to 39, have insulin resistance. It talks here about the various nationalities of the people. And there's not a whole lot of variants in here, but there is a third of the people, 18 to 39. And as Dr. Brewer talked many times, diabetes and insulin resistance, age has a huge, huge impact on it. Here we go upwards of 50% of people, 40 to 54, are already pre-diabetic or insulin resistant. But look here, we keep going up. Now we're in the age group here, the baby boomers age 55 to 69 and going upwards well over half, almost two thirds of these people are insulin resistant. And it stays there pretty close as you get above age 70. Uh, The bottom line is if you average out all these Californians, close to half of these people are pre-diabetic, they're insulin resistant. Well, many of those will go on further to become full-blown diabetics because according to the CDC, so many people who do have insulin resistance and diabetes don't seek treatment. They don't take care of their dietary needs and if necessary, they're not really watching what they're eating number of reasons <clears throat> people don't want to bother themselves, besides what the American Diabetes say, people don't often want to be bothered with the fact of they may have a predisposition or already have insulin resistance or diabetes. Uh, so there's a denial factor there. They don't want bad news in their day. Um, they sometimes get that idea simply because they've gone to their doctor the doctor says, you're fasting blood glucose and your HbA1c is within normal limits. People walk away. They think they're great. They think their blood sugars are well managed. I was one of those people. I'm diabetic. PredMed reports, Dr. Brewer's practice, that half to two-thirds of their patients discovered they had insulin resistance or diabetes, once they come to his practice, they never knew it because they were relying perhaps on existing testing fasting blood glucose and HbA1c. A lot of people object to testing by more reliable means, Uh, oral glucose tolerance test, uh, perhaps a craft insulin survey, which are highly accurate. People don't want to go to that extreme. So they deny themselves the possibility that they could have it and possibly be treated for it. Uh, One that we hear a lot here on Dr. Brewer's YouTube channel is the cost of the testing supplies are outrageous. And I agree. Test strips for glucometers a month's supply can run you well over $180. Um, There will be a video coming out here shortly. It'll talk about highly accurate ways to measure blood glucose at an extremely economical level. Um, what does the American Diabetes Association say? Therefore, they say no, don't bother testing your blood glucose if you're a type type two diabetic and you're not using insulin. Of course, they do say if you're a type one, yes, monitor your glucose. These people have wide variations in their blood glucose spikes. They can, if they take too much insulin, they can go hypoglycemic. Uh, These people watch their glucose values like a hawk and they treat accordingly with insulin. Then of course, there's type 2 diabetics who don't produce enough insulin and they're insulin resistant. They also will take medications, usually insulin. Uh, So the ADA says it's an expense and an inconvenience don't quite get that. Uh, Perhaps people could consider getting a two-hour oral glucose tolerance test. You can get this test without a doctor's order. It costs a very low $69. You can get it locally. Uh, You'll learn a lot when you get the results. You will know if you're insulin resistant or if you have diabetes. It'll be right there in front of you. How else can you do this? You can get a glucometer. These are relatively inexpensive, $10 to $20. Sometimes they're free. Uh, I walked in, I got a new glucometer the other day I'm trialing, Uh, it was $20. Uh, Got half off on it, didn't even know it, charged me $10, found a way to get test strips, instead of paying $180 a month, I now pay $21 a month and I get better accuracy. That'll come out in another video. So how do you use this glucometer to help you, even though the ADA says you don't have to do it? You use it as a teaching tool. You teach yourself how to eat uh, one hour and two hours after eating. Um, There's a debate whether it should be one hour or two hours. I happen to do both because I have an unusual uh, glucose pattern. And then we keep a food diary. Keep it out for about three months. Uh, If you're a type 2 diabetic and you pay attention, you don't have to test your blood glucose after a while, after every meal. Uh, What what do these tracking charts look like? There is a million of them out on the internet. These are free. You can just go print these out. This happens to be a blood glucose monitoring sheet. Uh, it talks up here about get what day of the month it is, uh, what's your fasting level when you get up, what's your two-hour postprandial after eating. Uh, it goes on and talks about each meal of the day. You track your blood glucose. Obviously, you'd like to see something in the 80s for fasting blood glucose. Uh, that, that takes some time to get there, but people can often get there in keeping... Postprandial, after meal glucose values, keep them in the low 100s, 100 to 120. Uh, the lower you can get, obviously, the better. And then, <clears throat> after we keep this food in glucose diary for several months, you you quickly learn what foods are triggers for you. You'll know which foods spike your glucose and which ones don't. And you just eat accordingly. It's not difficult Uh, after two to three months if you're really following what you're doing you very seldom have to check check your blood glucose anymore so this is not a lifelong thing for type 2 diabetics who don't use insulin. Use it as a teaching tool. Um, If you follow some of the dietary recommendations out there you're liable to get in trouble. American Diabetes, this is almost a quote right off their website, the American Diabetes Association recommends a moderate carbohydrate diet where 45% of your calories are carbs. So if you're eating 2000 calories per day, that's 225 grams of carbohydrates. In it, it doesn't matter what kind of carbohydrate it is. If it's a simple carbohydrate, you will spike. If it's a more complex one, you won't spike as much. But they have the same insulin-provoking reactions. Um, You think we don't have a problem? This is right off the CDC website. This goes back to 1994. This looks at how many people in the United States by state are both obese and diabetic. And what we see over here is back in 1994 between 14 and 18 percent of people had, they were obese. Obese means you have a BMI of over 30. That's pretty high. Some states were worse than others. Diabetes, they went out here and they said we have roughly four and a half up to six percent of people with recorded diabetes in the United States. Let's fast forward here. We look here at 21 years later. Take a look at what we got going here. Now we've got the majority, three-fourths of the United States people are over a BMI of 30. And you can see there's not a lot of variation in these states it used to be there were several states that were relatively high now it really doesn't matter we have a few states here that look pretty good we've got ourselves up here in the state of colorado they're usually the shining star and then we go over here and we look how many of these states where we now used to only have you know basically 48 percent diabetes rate now we got The majority, perhaps two-thirds of the states, are well over 9%. Unfortunately, they didn't keep going. After 9%, uh, they might find it's closer to the state of California and you might be upwards of half of the United States are either pre-diabetic or diabetic. It's not a disease that's just um, captive in the state of California. So that's a little perspective on how to use glucose monitoring uh, to your advantage to help as a teaching tool to assist with your eating choices throughout the day. Um, In the American Diabetes Association, who doesn't see value in it, they think you should eat a lot more carbs than you need to. So I hope this was helpful. Again, there will be a video on it for those who are concerned with the cost of testing. Uh, The video will come out in the near future on very accurate and economical ways to go about that. So thank you.